You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. friends fans and foes it's time once again for never sleeps networks talking wrestling and i'm your host casey corbin and thank you for joining us on the podcast today and uh before we get to that podcast folks you know what i'm going to ask you to do uh, whatever format you're liking this if you could give us a thumbs up or like us or help us out in any way whether that be a follow on twitter we are at tnw pod uh whether it's a, a like or a follow on instagram we are at talking wrestling podcast at instagram uh we're also on facebook we're facebook backslash talking wrestling um we are on spotify if you listen to us on spotify talking wrestling give us a like give us a heart help us out uh where else are we send us a gmail talking wrestling at gmail.com if you have any ideas or what you'd like to hear on the show we're always uh, in uh, we always uh you know love your feedback as well as if you have any questions, because we always do a Q&A now every year, and your question could be featured on the show. Um, again, we're on iTunes. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. If you uh, give us a five-star rating or a favorable review, you will be sent uh, a postcard from 1984 of a wrestler of your choice from 1984. So if you say Jungle Boy, it's very impossible to get a picture of Luke Perry's sperm. So that's not going to happen. But if you say uh, Kevin Sullivan, I was like, yeah, we got a great one with him with Nancy Sullivan in chains around her neck. So, you know, maybe that's not your thing, but uh, maybe you're like, that's too controversial of a postcard. You know, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But that's what I have. Nobody's claimed it yet. It could be yours. So rate, review, subscribe, send us a review. Five stars. All right. That's basically what's going on with us here on the show. Uh, we got a great guest for you today. I met this guest. I was in Montreal uh, last weekend doing a show at, uh, at a it's called Studio Sesh. It was the 19th edition of the show. A very cool show that uh, instead of being in a comedy club, it was in a recording studio. And uh, they turned the recording studio into a comedy club. And it was just fantastic. And it's a uh, it's a pro marijuana room, which means a lot of people are smoking marijuana, and uh, it's really hard to make them laugh because some of them are comatose. So, uh, but at that show, I met this gentleman. We started talking wrestling, and we hit it off. And I said, "That's it. I'm going to get you on the show." Uh, so on the show today is writer, producer, artist from Montreal, Canada. Uh, well, what can I tell you about him? I can tell you a few things. He's produced things for uh, TMZ, MSN, Huffington Post, Tonight Show, BuzzFeed, BBC, Playboy, CBS. The list goes on and on and on. On my show today, um, writer, producer, comedian, a, a man of all trades, but most importantly for this uh, show, wrestling fan, Tyler Lemko is on the show today. Well, Tyler, how you doing? I'm doing great. I feel so important. What an intro. Well, you know, it's uh, it just is what it is. I don't know. I just read off Google, so if it's telling the truth, yeah. it's like you know, and you're like, yeah, uh, I was like Tyler Lemko. Yeah, you're you're L E M C K O. You're like, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. You're like, fuck, I got the wrong Tyler Lemko. I purposely spelled your name wrong there too, by the way. Um, it's I've not. I've been coasting off some other guy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, oh, I got somebody else's bio, but he looks exactly like you. <laughs> so how are it's things? Our things. things are great. Things are fantastic. Can't complain. The studio sesh thing was really fun. Um, it's t- it's but it's tough with all the the cannabis going on in there, right? With to try and remember what you want to say. Well, it's it, if you're partaking, it's always a workout for you. I find because mm-hmm. your mind's going as you're on stage, so you want to follow the paths that show up. But at the same time, you already have the map to go to where you're supposed to go. So you're like, oh, did I go? It's like you're like, you know, okay, you, you have the route, 
but you, when mm-hmm. you're stoned, your mind is constantly rerouting you every block. <laughs> yeah. And it's up to you whether you want to take that reroute or not. You're going to get back on the main street eventually. But it's like, oh, no, reroute, 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 reroute. And those are all these different windows and options you can go with jokes. And it's like that. But at the same token, the audience is like, it's harder to make them laugh because they're more relaxed. Yeah, like if, if the room is smiling, you're killing. Yeah, exactly. And like like one time in a regular club, uh, Wafik Nazrella, former guest of the show, said uh, – he goes, hey, you did a great job tonight. And I was like, I didn't hear many laughs. He goes, oh, they weren't laughers. They were nodders. Yeah. Yeah, as in they were nodding their head and smiling in agreement with each joke. You get that in <laughs> pot rooms a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh, my God, I got a silent ovation tonight. You know? <laughs> did you just yeah. get a silent ovation? I got it. They all stood up and stretched, and that was a silent <laughs> ovation. Yeah, it's a... A whole room of thumbs up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, anyway, well, let's get to the wrestling. We've been talking a yeah. lot of wrestling. You're in Montreal, which I've always, people at the show know, I've always been a fan of the Montreal wrestling scene as I grew up uh, watching um, Montreal wrestling on the French Channel and on the on a CHRO channel out of Ottawa because I'm from cool. outside of Ottawa. So I grew up, like, loving, you know, Gino Brito, Dino Bravo, Ricky Martel, yeah. the Rougeos, uh, you know, uh, the great Samu, um, the Long Riders, the Road Warriors. Like, these are all the guys that I watched when I first got into wrestling. And right. uh, just a, the best. There's a, there's a Dino Bravo mural, like, a few blocks away from my place. Jesus, I wish I knew that. If you can get me a yeah. picture of that, I would love to see I'll it. I'll send it. Yes. Yeah. And is it like him in all his glory, or is it him in a lazy boy with seventeen holes in his chest? <laughs> uh, no, it's it's a better day. It's uh, him with uh, Jimmy Hart, actually. Oh, and they're they unloading a trailer full of smokes. What's that? I said, are they unloading a uh, 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 are they unloading a <laughs> truckload of smokes? No, I think Zeno did that in his own time. Yeah, that's crazy. There's, for those of you who don't know, Dino Bravo was killed in a mafia hit uh, mm-hmm. or a mob hit, and um, and he he was found dead in his lazy boy chair with seventeen uh, bullet holes in his chest, and he yeah, was selling. Yeah, and he was selling. It uh, turns out he was selling illegal cigarettes. Yeah. So that's yeah, what that's it, it was. So if anyone tells you that smoking doesn't kill, <laughs> yeah, tell you tell Dino Bravo fans. So because yeah. he's he's dead because of cigarette smoke, folks. Um, with that said, that's the only that's the only thing that's happened. Not a lot of other bad things have happened to Montreal wrestlers that I know of. You know, um, I well, guess one one pretty bad thing happened here. Well, oh, the screw job. Yeah. Well, that's bad, but you know, Maurice not, Vach- not life or death. Mad Dog Vachon uh, lost a leg. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Was that here? I don't think he was there, but he's from Montreal. You know, yeah. I would just say losing a leg sucks. But I don't think a yeah. lot of bad things have happened to Montreal wrestlers over the year. Uh, Montreal's always been great for, for wrestling, even yeah. up to today. Do you go to many cards that are in Montreal these days? Um, you know, I only recently got into the local scene like a couple of years ago, maybe a, a year or two. I've always just been a, a WWE guy, and then only in the past 24 months, let's say, have I really gotten into indies and going to local shows and realizing how good wrestling is when it's not overproduced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've, I've always been a fan and I've developed this newfound added love for it. That's fantastic. And I think I think just the, the, the rise of the independents in the last three to four or five years have brought a lot of new fans into... Uh, wrestling and a lot of new eyes on the product. Um, yeah. <coughs> sorry. Now, now, um, when did you start watching wrestling? How did you get well, into wrestling? What is what is what is Tyler's origin story uh, with wrestling? Is uh, I have an older brother who's five years older, so from a very young age, he was always a wrestling fan. And growing up, 
my older brother was into it. So there was always like the action figures and there was, it was always on TV. So I, I'm born in 88, but I was like immediately thrust into it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like he grew out of it and I stayed in it. Yeah, that is, that's, uh, why did he leave it? Do you know? Did he just grow out of it? I don't know. I, you know, I, I left it for a bit also. I find that like at around, at around age like 13, 14, you start to, or I think it's common to lose interest in it. And then I didn't regain it until probably my mid 20s. Yeah, you, you say it's common. The reason most guys leave it is for girls, uh, but those guys are losers. You know, for me, it was, I think for my brother and for me, it was basketball. Oh, really? And we, we, we both only had like okay, one. Okay, well. There was only one slot to be obsessed about something. Yeah, and it's either, I'm from my experience, it's either girls or sports, and those yeah. guys are also losers. Only wrestling <laughs> fans are great. No. Yes. Um, yeah. I was, uh. Yeah, I was a, I was, I like girls uh, to this day, and uh, and I still uh, do sports. Not to this day, uh, but I did sports throughout high school. But I was always obsessed with wrestling. So right from the minute yeah. I got it, right, right to now. So um, I think for me, it was it also was a time thing because I was at my peak fandom during the Attitude Era. And then when I hit around 13 is when the invasion happened and it sort of lost some steam. And I think that contributed to me losing interest because the product just wasn't as good as I was accustomed to. Well, not only that, there was a dark period, down period, basically after the Chris Benoit deaths, I think, where people yeah. were just didn't want anything to do with wrestling, I think. And it wasn't very good at that point. And, you know, the CM Punk era hadn't started fully yet. And I think it wasn't until CM Punk came in where maybe the revival started to happen. And then right. and then definitely, I think, a big turning point was the, the double Cena Rock WrestleManias. Yeah. I think that brought a lot of eyes on. I know I started becoming a Cena fan after those two WrestleManias. I'd never liked him before. Plus, I find the the post attitude era just went so grotesquely red. Every match was gruesome for no reason. Yeah, like they went from they they loved pushing the envelope and they would show like nudity and they would say suck it and they would like curse and be all like to to a younger audience that's cool. And then they it, it kind of got stale and they needed to one up it and they just went for gross like blood and gore. Yeah. So, yeah. Which I don't think it was a good step. <laughs> no, because, and then, well, no, it, and it obviously was not working because immediately after that, which way did they go? But they went to like a total uh, PR, yeah, they, like not PR, they, but uh, PG. Like G rated. Yeah. yeah, they went and they, they pulled the handbrake on it. Yeah, there was no blood, uh, no, n like nothing offensive at all, just wrestling. So, but, um, you know, you uh, so what? But um, as a producer, uh, you you sort of said in the start you felt that wrestling is overproduced. Do you feel that WWE is being overproduced today? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, every word is written, and the amount like it's something. It's it's crazy to see the difference between watching it on TV and watching it live in person because it's such an entertaining show to see in person. Yeah. And then you watch it on TV with the 30 different camera angles and the cuts between uh, spots. And like, it's, it, it's so overdone that it kind of takes the, the fantasy out of it. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be seen from afar because it's, it's fake and, and you're supposed to like not see the, the craters and, and, yeah. Small details. Yeah, a lot of times too, I find the trouble with doing it live is the whoever the producer is, or I don't know what the proper name is for it, but let's say they have five or six cameras, which I know they have more than that. But you're looking at a screen of cameras, and I guess you're going camera one, camera mm. two, because you're calling the shots, and you know the match. But when you're doing it live, I find a lot of times, like, for example, there's a lot of camera blotches. Like, 
Mm -hmm. whatever. So at the end of WrestleMania, when they said they chose this camera to go with the pin, they went with the wrong camera angle because Ronda Rousey didn't let her shoulders get pinned. Yeah. If they would have went from the other angle, her shoulders would have looked like her shoulders would have looked pinned because that's the angle that they showed her getting pinned from afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was a bit of a botch pin. So, you know. Exactly. I noticed it quite heavily during the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view where it's supposed to be this locked-in-a-cage, terrible scenario type thing. And yet there's like, you know, a couple of guys standing around in there. Uh, You're not really supposed to be conscious of, but they're very visible that there's multiple men inside of the cage with cameras. Yeah, exactly. You know, and why can't, like... Yeah, and like, why not? I always love when the cameraman gets involved. Like there was, uh, yeah, it was oh one time with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, there was uh, some the fire. Cam- yeah, the there was the ca- exactly the Japanese photographer with the fire coming out of the camera. Yeah. That was the great. Taker spot, the Taker Shawn Michaels, where he pulls him in the way. Yeah, that one too. But wouldn't it be great yeah. to see like, um, all of a sudden like the two camera people in in the camera, like, I mean, in the Hell in a Cell, what if they were, like, two members of the faction that that hasn't been announced yet? Like, they're Bray Wyatt's new cronies or something like that? And imagine just in the middle of the match, these two cameramen just start giving the beat down along with someone else. It doesn't have to be Bray Wyatt. It's just, I'm just saying this is a really good idea for another Hell in a Cell for someone, you know? Yeah, well, they definitely should do it different than the last one. Well, I get the last one. Like I said, at some point, even though it's fake, you, you know, when someone's trying to murder someone, you, yeah, you, I understand the ref calling it not a disqualification, a no contest, but there were better well, ways I, of doing it. I don't disagree with that. I think the logic of it makes sense. I disagree with the call to decide to do that. Yes, I agree with that, too. Because I think it would have been better to come in and if, like I said this on a previous podcast, the idea was to make Bray Wyatt a monster, like of Undertaker proportions. That is not the idea, is not important to put Seth over. It's not about that. Yeah, it's so, so the reason, so because, you know, so I don't understand, like, Bray Wyatt should have knocked out the ref and then should have just, like, beat up Seth to, like, no return to where he just gets up, he rips the door off the chains, and yeah. then he just walks out. And it's a Something no contest. Badass. And that would have been badass. That would have been such a great ending. And it was, and it had the exact same results. Seth stays strong. And you know where I kind of got that idea from? The first Hell in the Cell. Yeah, with Kane. With Kane. Kane, because you had Shawn Michaels and, and, and Undertaker – and Shawn Michaels has to win to go on to Survivor Series. So how are we going to defeat The Undertaker without – it's The Undertaker. Well, yeah, we just brought, they brought in Kane. And Kane yeah. destroyed The Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels pinned him. So it wasn't – so it was great. And it's just like and you could have did that in this match very similar, yeah. like to, yeah, to the extent. So, and they tried to salvage it, and it was just so blatantly an attempt to keep the character momentum. Where yeah. like he got the shit kicked out of him for twenty minutes, and then oh my god, he gets up and makes Seth bleed. Like okay, and it, it's it, nothing. No, and also, um, it doesn't make sense that uh, you know, like it's just okay. It just bothers me where where I think it's so weird where he's just like. You know, Seth Rollins is all of a sudden acting like the heel in this situation, hitting yeah. him when he's de- hitting him when he's like out, like really excessively, and then now and then on the next Raw or whatever, he burns the fucking playhouse down. Well, the- I kind of like that the 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 psychology behind it, where like the fiend is forcing the good guy to turn into a bad guy. I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's a good way of looking at it. Because like I'm like, I I I. You know, because it's not fair because Bray, it's clear to me that The Fiend possesses Bray Wyatt. And mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt, while Seth Rollins shows up and starts beating the shit out of him, Bray Wyatt has, 
like his acting was actually very good because he was like, why, why are you doing this, Seth? Why are you doing – he didn't have yeah. any idea why Seth is doing this because he's mentally ill and he's got multiple exactly. personalities and the fiend is the responsi- is what's responsible for this. Exactly, which I think I think having Seth go rogue like that is a great way to build the uh, like the impact and the power of the fiend, you know. And also now, when you look at it, the fact that he is turning heel antics against Bray Wyatt slash the fiend is really puts him, in my mind, in the heel spot because he's someone yeah. that clearly doesn't understand mental illness. For sure, but also WWE has this bad tendency of anyone who's over, they make a face. They did it with Becky. Like, when Becky and Charlotte were feuding, Becky was the heel, yeah. and then she got so hot that they made her the number one star. Like, I feel like Bray Wyatt has so much momentum, and people enjoy it so much that WWE just doesn't know how to promote a heel properly. All they know is if someone's popular, make him popular. Yeah. They don't understand that. It ruins it. Yeah, it totally does. And and how do you feel about uh, like the the Becky Lynch push? How do you do? Do you enjoy it, Uh, or what do you make of that? Yeah, like I think she's good, but it's just another example of something organic happening, and then the company just like wraps it in yellow tape and takes over, and then it's less good when they try and. They force it down your throat rather yes. than let you enjoy it, which is what made her popular in the first place, is that it was organic and natural and enjoyable. Agreed. I, I honestly think they kind of did that. the same with Kofi. Like, everyone loved Kofi, and then they made him champion, and all of a sudden he can't be silly and he can't joke around. His buddies can't come with him, and but, he has to be the serious champion. But he wasn't. good. He wasn't. He, 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 they tried. My problem with Kofi was while he was champion, uh, okay, well, there's a couple things they did wrong, I thought. Although maybe other people don't think this. Personally, I think when Tof- Kofi's the captain, they're the champion, I th- I like it like they're like the Freebirds and it's the other two. Jo- like, I would have liked it if Kofi was the good guy, but the other two guys were a little heelish and they made sure <laughs> Kofi kept his title. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because with New Day like has that. the world title, and it's like, but there's still positivity. They still do that. But eventually it leads to Kofi turning heel, who could be New Day as heels could be fucking fantastic. And yeah. and so that's what I would have liked to see. But instead, what I got is Kofi dancing to the ring, throwing pancakes out. I'm like, well, yeah. I can't picture any other world champion throwing pancakes out on the way to the ring. I'm sorry. Uh that's not what well, you champions remember, do. You don't remember when you don't remember when Bruno San Martino did that? No. I remember when oh. fucking Lanny Poffo did it with Frisbees. And these <laughs> Frisbees don't even have poetry written on them. They're fucking pancakes. And pancakes yeah. without syrup sucks. So <laughs> who the hell wants these pancakes? You can't do anything with it. To see, I wanted to see uh, Big E kind of get jealous and turn heel. And then that's how you get the title off Kofi is a Big E-Kofi feud. And Xavier kind of stuck in the middle like the kid with his parents getting divorced. I like it, he too. doesn't know what to do. I like it. But the fact is that people get upset over Brock and winning the belt off Kofi. Like, look at Kofi tried. He jumped. He, took, he, he made the wrong choice to jump at the wrong time. Yeah. And that's what happens. But again, that's like, I don't disagree with the logic of that. I disagree with, like, it's it's so blatantly obvious that Brock just needs to be the champion going to Saudi Arabia. Um, yes, uh, yes, he does. I do think that that's what they want, and, and they have another big name to bring in and try and like. The, the problem with WWE in general is they've stopped being a wrestling company. They don't care about wrestling. They don't care about their wrestling fans. They're a marketing company, and now their next pay per view, the two head like the two main events are with two non wrestlers. Yes. So all they care about is getting headlines on ESPN and, and publicity. They, they love getting their name on mainstream media products and everything because then yeah. they're like, look at us. We're not fake. We're mainstream media. How about that? Yeah, and they put all their efforts into like attracting new fans, forgetting that they have legions of fans who already care and want to see like Bobby Roode wrestle and yeah. Apollo Crews. Like people want that. 
Yeah, and, and you know, people don't understand. It's like, it's like a okay. A lot of the, the AEW people, uh, I some especially the people that are like so AEW that they're anti WWE. I don't understand mm-hmm. that. I'm like, why can't you just like all wrestling? Yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. like you don't have to hate any wrestling. You don't have to choose. And this isn't politics. It's fucking <laughs> wrestling. You know, yeah. like you like, pick PBR. Yeah, like like the anyway it goes the the people that talk about AEW. You know that were they were I was so mad about the Hell in the Cell, but then they go to AEW and they have a Philadelphia street match, street fight, and all of a sudden the ref is enforcing rules during a street fight and they're having rope yeah. breaks. I was like. Well, that's just dumb as getting disqualified uh, in a in a in a in a hell in the cell. You know, yeah. it's a, a street fight. The referee is not doesn't show up in any street fight that I know. You know, like, I think the difference between the two because I don't disagree. It's true. Like they're they're both just making up rules as they go. I think the difference is the level of disappointment from one to another. Where the hell in the cell thing was like. I hope this doesn't happen, and then it did. Where the AEW thing was like, okay, this is this is just something I haven't seen before, but it's still entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a different level of disappointment, at least for me. Yeah, and I don't even think there's a, like the thing is, is like they want to have the AEW war, but until WWE decides to really bump up NXT and change the product and 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 force it to compete with AEW. It's not a yeah. real it's not a real competition like you know, oh, so what? Um no. you know, WWE like oh, last week AEW brought in 1.8 and WWE brought in 88. I'm like, yeah, on one show. How'd they do on their total exactly. shows? You're producing 2 hours of wrestling a week, maybe 3 hours including your YouTube show while the yeah. WWE are producing 10 to 11 hours depending on if there's a pay-per-view yeah. that week or if there's a UK British special that week. You know, exactly. they're not even plus, competing plus 60 hours a week of uh digital content. Exactly. And so so it's a monster so you can't compete with it. Like AEW it's like, you know, yeah, it's easier to write storylines when all you have is 2 hours to fill weekly and pay-per-views every now and again. Try Yeah. Try try filling uh, ten hours of content and not running through all your storylines, and you wonder why there's no like why the WWE can't carry out a long storyline. Is they don't they, they you look at they are trying to carry out long storylines, but they have so much, you know, they have so much criteria to fill that yeah. they go through storylines faster. It's just yeah, a natural sure. progression. But I also do find it's it's overwritten. Whereas I thought one of the coolest things about AEW, uh, I forget what the interview was, but Moxley said uh, that there's there's zero writers, no one's there yeah. backstage, which is kind of I like that. Like that's part of being a wrestler. The job title of wrestler entails being a creative and being uh, um, an improv uh, performer and having those skills as a as someone who can talk and perform. That is a wrestler. And I, what I do appreciate about AEW is they're letting wrestlers be wrestlers. Whereas WWE, if they wanted, they have the most talent on the, like, no one comes close. Right. They have the most talented mm-hmm. people ever assembled. They just don't let them play. No, agreed. It's like having, it's like having a, I, I was explaining it to my brother the other day because he's kind of like a, he's not a big wrestling fan, but he'll tune in from time to time. And he watched AEW uh, last week and was like, wow, this is pretty good. Like, why is it so much better? And I was like, it's, I put it in basketball terms that he could understand. I was like, it's like WWE has an all-star team. Every player on their team, on their whole roster, is an all-star, but the coach insists on playing a specific system, and they lose 50 games a year. Yeah. Whereas if you just let them play, they'd, they'd go undefeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and that's... It's, and I, it's like micromanaged. Yeah, I, I, you're totally right. And it's just like, you know, and, and when I watch AEW, too... They're letting the right people speak, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're like they're not putting uh, Orange Cassidy out there to cut yeah. a long promo, or they're not uh, letting you know. The, it's the guys that are cutting the promos already know what they're doing. Like the, the, that's yeah, why Jericho, Jericho, Moxley, Jericho, 
you know, MJF gets Cody. a lot of mic time. Cody, Dustin, the Bucks, Omega, yeah. you know. Well, and, even Kenny hasn't really spoken, which makes sense because he's not that great on the mic. No, and you know what? And they're kind of making him not that great yet. Like, we all know how great Kenny Omega is, but his win-loss record is not good at all considering yeah. they're saying that wins and losses are, are going to matter. Now, lately... Jericho has made himself a clique uh, or a uh, a faction, and he's got LAX in there who are fantastic from Impact. Um, and they've the thing about LAX is they've feuded with uh, the the Lucha Brothers uh, mm -hmm. in in Impact, and now they're going to have hopefully lengthy feuds with them as well here in in AEW. But as part of the faction with Jericho uh, and uh, Jack Swagger, who is now Jake Hagar, or previously Jake Hagar, uh, and Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara is the only one I'm not struck on, but every faction needs a young kid or a young person because usually they're pegged to go on to be, you know, yeah. every faction is just there to propel somebody else to a different level. And this is and this is for Jericho and L I mean for LAX and Sammy Guevara to step up, not because Hagar and Jericho are established and Jericho is the best. So yeah, he's the one, two, three kid. You're right. He is the one, two, three kid. One hundred percent. You know, and yeah. people are like they don't like Marty Stunt. They think he's too small and all this and all that. And Jericho came out and said, you know what? Everybody said this when we brought. Ray Mysterio over from Japan or up from you know or wherever they all said he was too small and yeah. the world was wrong you know there is the great thing about wrestling is it's the most diverse entertainment in the world there are ugly people there are fat people there are thin people there are muscular people there are midgets yeah. there are you know dogs and snakes and cats <laughs> And you know, there it's 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 the most diverse thing. Different colors, yeah. different ethnicities, and no, no other show is as diverse as wrestling. It's true. No, yeah. exactly. Um, and which is another reason why I love it. Um, yeah. And now, have you uh, have you ever come across any wrestlers in your uh, travels or in your uh, in your workspace or lifetime? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm strangely. Uh, befriended uh john morrison oh interesting buddy. super nice guy that's awesome now how did that and how did that come about he was uh he was a guest on uh, on a show that i host and uh we like exchanged info we like hung out a few times super nice guy really yeah. he's you know he's like um He's like a really creative dude. He always wants to write and film stuff, and he's like produced a couple movies on his own. Uh, he always wants to just create, which I really appreciate. And he married a Canadian, so uh, he's yeah, awesome. Yeah, she's awesome too. Yeah, and so I guess you would know her as well. Um, yeah, they were both on my show. I've been to their house. I've met their dog. <laughs> oh my god, that's which awesome. is so strange because like. <laughs> If you would have told me at 14 years old that I'd be like sitting in this man's living room having a beer with him, I would not believe you. No, I know, and, and like, like watching him tag team with the Miz and being like, oh, I hope these guys lose, and then I'm like sitting there watching TV. You know what's funny when like the Miz and Morrison were together, I did not like them and I hated the Miz, and um, I love the Miz now, but I did not yeah. like the Miz back then. So, because um, I remember they had a, I bought a DVD of the greatest wrestling tag teams in WWE history, and mm -hmm. um, and it was hosted by the the Miz and and uh, Morrison, and because uh, they were the greatest team in the WWE at the time, which I didn't like Morrison one hundred percent behind. Like that guy looked like he's he look at he's a star, but yeah. the Miz, especially when he first came in, like. Come on, but now it's like you know there's rumors that Morrison is going back yeah. to the WWE, and if it's that's true, nervous. if that's true, I'm you know I'm I'm worried that he's going to get lost in the shuffle right away. So yeah. I would like to see him I, come back together and maybe him and Miz tag up and do a tag team run at first, and then the, and then I would they can love flip to see that. because let's see how great. 
like first of all, a Miz TV moment would be Miz and Morrison getting yes. back together. And whether that happens if somebody attacks the Miz in a Miz TV segment and Morrison jumps the rail and comes in and saves him, I would love that. And then they could go on a tag run, but maybe down the line this was all just to get back at, at, at Miz and mm-hmm. Morrison could turn on him. Or it would always be – wouldn't it be great if Morrison turned on Miz instead of the other way? Like, yeah. You know, it would be it, – because Miz is great as the face – or is the heel, but um, I don't know. There's just a lot they could do with right there, and that could be yeah. his first year right there back. I hope. I hope. I hope you're right because the the last thing I would want to see happen is he's just like Sheldon Benjamin, you know? Like, here's a guy that you might remember, and he's back now, and he's going to lose to Andrade. Yeah. Uh, that's what I don't want to see. I, I, I would love him to see in a program with The Miz. I wonder, though, because – WWE values the Miz so much as one of their assets. He's like now uh, a, a TV star. Yeah, I, I, and this could just be a cynical wrestling fan view, but I feel like they wouldn't bring a new guy up to that level so quickly. But he's not a new guy. I believe they'll, you yeah, know, they'll he's... package it well. Well, they'll show their history and everything. Yeah. They'll remind people the Miz is the number one company guy. Like, yeah. he's, like, there's no more Cena. The Miz is the guy that's out doing the make-a-wishes, the meet-and-greets, yeah. the him everything, and you know. And, yeah, him and Roman. Roman, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, what's that like when a make-a-wish kid asks the WWE to see Dean Ambrose? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What happens oh. then? They send Renee yeah. instead? Yeah, these are some pictures of Dean from last night. Uh, On her phone, yeah. Yeah, on her phone. I don't see him anywhere. I don't see here. I'll just call him and you can listen to him. You know, he's like on the on the draft. On I think it was on Monday on Raw. uh, Samoa Joe had a like a quick little line that was funny. I forget exactly what he said, but you know they like cut to that panel that analyzed the draft. Yes. Which, by the way, was super weird. Like, come on. Yeah. You don't need a panel like that. Anyways. I forget exactly what he said, but something about her husband, and he didn't mention his name, but she like laughed it off and was clearly uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, because because uh, Vince is in her ear, not Samoa's ear. Yeah, don't and laugh at that. Fuck, that's not, yeah. that's not a I, reference I to Dean. Now we're gonna have to have you marry someone else on the show. Yeah, yeah, Which, yeah. I, like, what's the deal with the like? <laughs> why bring back Rusev to make him a cuck? I I know it's like I don't understand, and it's just such a horrible storyline. Like this is something that would happen in the Attitude Era, and it's fine then. But now it's like really you're going. We're going through. This is what you have to offer the new. Like yeah, oh, it's so horrible. And she just and she dropped the accent without referencing it. Oh, she hasn't had the accent in years because okay. she doesn't. I haven't heard her talk. She doesn't do, um, like when she's on Divas. Oh right. She's she's just herself, and on Divas they all use their regular names. Oh really? Yes. Oh, I've never seen it. They, Divas is the biggest breaking kayfabe, but still kayfabe show. Like because they're all friends, right? Well, they're all friends, and everything's great, and everything's fine and dandy. But you, it's so scripted that uh, you know it's like every reality show is scripted. But WWE sure. does reality shows really well because WWE style. Yeah, because it's WWE invented reality TV. Wrestling yeah. is fake reality. That's yeah. what wrestling is, and that's all. Of- I always. I- I've never seen an episode, but I always get that same vibe when I see on Instagram, like a, 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 a women's wrestler will like post a selfie or something, and then a bunch of them will leave comments like, "OMG, you look so good" and stuff like that. But they're supposed to be feuding, yeah. And like they break kayfabe on Instagram all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so funny because like, like, I guess like I, since Nia Jax uh, punched Becky Lynch in the face, she's disappeared. I we yeah. don't even. She's still on Divas. She went on a date with Paige's brother a couple weeks ago, but huh. um. But the thing is, is I'm like, where the fuck is Nia Jax? 
They built her up at the Rumble last year. They they had her come out and beat the shit out of Dean Ambrose. You know, yeah, they true. they they were making her a monster, and then she busts open Becky Lynch's nose, and they let Becky get the heat out of this. What the well, fuck are was, they doing? The Rumble was before, wasn't it? Well, maybe it was before or it was after. Around but, the same time. But those two things happened around the same time. And the yeah. thing is, is like when Nia Jax comes back, she's got to be like, look at if the man was born out of this incident and shows her all fucking bloody and all that. And that's where she first called herself the man or whatever. I was, she's like, she's got to hold up her fist and say, then this is the man maker. And yeah. then she just do, then she can have the big show end, like the big, the big show fucking finish where she just yeah. knocks girls out because Unless, like, really, she is the whole reason why Becky Lynch exploded was because of that fucking what she, what Becky Lynch chose to do with her blood that, yeah. you know, where she, like, smeared it all over her face as, a, as an FU, and yeah. it was a really madman thing to do. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but, you know, this is, the, you know, you got to let, you got to let, um you know, unsafe worker like uh, like Nia Jax get her heat and when she comes back, but we don't know when that's yeah. going to happen. But and didn't they just give the punch to Strowman? Did they just or do that? that? Or Strowman's well, all... I know with he... the the, uh, the AJ Styles spot at uh, what was it at Hell in a Cell? I think where yeah. AJ Styles like tripped up the ramp for fourteen minutes. Oh, probably. Uh, because I think they're they're building up to the Tyson Fury thing. So well, that's Strowman yeah. So Strowman because guy now. Strowman's gonna have to box at at that point. And well, Strowman, see, here's the thing: is like, is it a wrestling match? It, a- well, I I think it is a wrestling match. Yeah. Like it's not a boxing match. Big Show was in a boxing match against Mayweather. I don't right. know he if this is what's that? He still oh well, fuck that was to me. Um, the lead up to that match and that match at WrestleMania was Big Show's greatest WrestleMania. Because yeah, it was well done, yeah. He carried Mayweather through that fight, like and made him yeah. look so good. And yeah. it's a and it's as far as boxer versus wrestler matches go, it's the best one of all time. So Probably, yeah. So I'm I'm curious to see what what um what Braun and uh and Tyson can do. And uh we'll see from that. The Kane Brock match, uh, whatever they choose to do, it'll be interesting. I would just say, fuck, just go at it like it was UFC. Just go have yeah. a go, you know. Or, or I don't know. Who knows? Like, I don't know how long these guys are for around for. But it's not. Well, gonna... I think Kane Kane has like a major knee issue. No, he has to have like in, immediate surgery. I think he's just getting this match out of the way. Then he's going to be gone for a while. Well, then he's going to lose. So yeah. that's fine. And uh, and Brock is the champ. And Brock, if Brock wants that win back, it's like Hogan taking the win back from the Warrior when he was yeah. in the NWO. You know, yeah. this is him making it even. Uh, exactly. As far as Tyson, I don't, like, he's undefeated in boxing. They're not going to bring in a major star and have him lose. That's no, not the way sure. it happens. So no. I see... Tyson and boxing is probably a bigger sport in Saudi Arabia than wrestling. I'm guessing. I don't know, but also MMA is huge there. That's why it's such a big deal. The like the main event. Okay, well that makes sense too. Yeah. We're gonna do a main event from MMA that you already know, and yeah. we're doing this as well. So, yeah. but still, um, it's, it's not it's, for wrestling fans. It's, it's for it's business. It's it's smart. It's all smart business moves. Well, I'm it's gonna wake. I'm gonna wake up in the morning. Uh, October 31st is my birthday, and the WWE okay. is giving me a pay per view. I'm not gonna complain. I don't care yeah. that it's in Saudi Arabia because I'm not. Because well, um, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna exercise my white privilege to not care <laughs> that it's in Saudi Arabia. I'm just gonna look at it like it's somewhere else with a bunch of. Yeah. People with oil money in the front row. Yeah, can you imagine they're they're doing a street fight? 
Can you imagine when the street fight rolls down into ringside where all the where all the royal family is? <laughs> they all have guns. They all have the, they have guns. <laughs> <laughs> they start shooting their guns in the air to break up the fight. Oh yeah. fuck. This could be the best uh I was going to say Crimson Wave or Crimson Tide. What is it yeah. called? Saudi Arabia Crown Jewel. That's it. This could be the best Crown Jewel ever. Um that's pretty much it. We've amassed to 45 minutes already, bud. Wow. I know. It goes by quickly. Um, I was going to say quickly, like we were talking earlier when I got in, how I got into wrestling. Yeah. And then you mentioned the uh, you mentioned Hogan getting his win back on Warrior. As someone who grew up, uh, like, for the spectacle of wrestling, and now mm-hmm. I'm, one, like, I'm a smart now and I have to analyze everything and be cynical, I'm so embarrassed by the fact that growing up, my favorite was Ultimate Warrior. Well, when you go back and you watch Hogan versus oh. Warrior, no, no, oh. I think the match is great, but it's one of Hogan's best matches because yeah, he, he carries the Warrior through. The Warrior was done five minutes in, and Hogan yeah, listen, carried uh, him for Hogan 20 on, more uh, minutes. Yeah, Hogan was on uh, the Austin podcast. He said that after six minutes, Warrior said, let's take it home. Yeah. He was like, are you crazy? Oh, yeah. What I, I, I enjoy watching it was like, these shows are not on the internet anymore. Or they used to be on YouTube. But Scott Hall used to have a YouTube channel called Last Call with Scott Hall. And it would be him chilling with Larry Zabisco usually in his house. Cool. And they're watching matches and they're commentating through it. And, and so one of the matches they do, the yeah, one of the matches they did was Warrior Hogan. And he's like, look at Warrior He's he's busted open. He's breathing heavy. Hogan, look at Hogan. Hogan's leaning on him. He's like, and then he's like, look at the wrists on a Warrior, and look at the wrists on Hogan. The Warrior was a maxed out guy on a small frame, and he has no business being in the ring with a big man like Hogan. Yeah. And it's Scott yeah. Hall. Just he loves Hulk Hogan because yeah. you know without as great as Hall and Nash are. Without Hogan, the NWO isn't the NWO. Of course, yeah. The greatest. I trust. Yeah, I trust Scott Hall more than most people on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, and the thing is, is like the way I look at it, the way I, why I love Hogan the best is because Hogan in the '80s was the greatest face in wrestling, and then mm-hmm. in the '90s he was the greatest heel yeah. in wrestling. So and that's why you can't you can talk shit all you want about like as a technical wrestler and how he how he actually performed in this and that and even backstage politics stuff like there's a million bad things you can say but it's all negated by those two facts. Yeah, and exactly, and if it's like oh he might not be the best wrestler, but watch his ring psychology, like he's like so great, especially as Hollywood Hogan. Like I yeah he he literally was so good at he would. It would be 25 minutes before the match started. Yeah. And no one else can do that. No, exactly. And, um, but I love Hogan and I love that Hogan Warrior match. Although, and, uh, I will say the only person who I think is better pre match at like drawing out as much time as possible, um, is an ECW Sabu. Uh, not Sabu, sorry, Sandman. Sandman <laughs> would come out. Sandman yeah. would drink beers and smack himself in the face for thirty minutes before a match. And I know it does. It doesn't. It doesn't get drawn out. It doesn't get tired whatsoever. No, and at some point you're like, "How long is Enter Sandman?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is this on loop? He must be on he's loop. Been wa- he's been walking through the arena for fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, and he's out of breath, and his cigarette right runs out, and he has to light a new yeah. one. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Sandman is is uh, is <laughs> the best. And he, he, he's up there in terms of he couldn't wrestle for shit, but boy, can he start a match? <laughs> yeah, and he's be perfect for the WWE now because apparently there's 20 kendo sticks under every ring for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're integral to the structure of the ring. Yeah, of course, of course, you know, unless they're like, you know, maybe Hornswoggle's building uh, kendo sticks and that's his new side project, and they just keep going in and raiding yeah. his fridge. <laughs> <laughs> or wherever you would keep a kendo stick. I don't know. I'm not a little person, so I keep my, I keep mine in the kendo closet, and that's it. 
Oh yeah, I forgot. I saw candle closets on sale at IKEA. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like spelled with a few more. It's spelled with a few more umlauts, but yeah, same idea. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And umlauts are badass because of Motley Crue. So yeah, yeah. So uh, Tyler, tell us what's going on with you. Tell us where we can find you online and where we can find you in the future. Um, in the future, like to find me to hunt me. No, like the uh, comedy shows, whatever you got going on. Yeah, I uh, I'm doing a lot of writing these days. I uh, I write for this thing called Bird News Now, which is like a funny take on the news you could check out. I do a lot of scripts and voiceover for Screen Rant, which is a popular like uh, movie channel theory channel thing on YouTube. Cool. Um, and then I produce a bunch of my own content, so you could find me on any social media at T Lemko is my handle. Sweet. And uh, yeah, doing a bunch of stand up. I don't really have like anything booked. Actually, no, never mind. It's this week, and probably this probably won't come out. But yeah, tons of stand-up. You can find me doing jokes. That's all right. This will come out yeah. this uh, this week, so this will be out on Thursday. So okay. with that said, you know where to find Tyler. Uh, you can find me this week. Uh, I'll be headlining the Calgary Laugh Shop. Uh, five shows out in Calgary Thursday through Saturday. So, uh, Bret Hart, if you're listening... You know I want you to show up these shows. If you know Bret Hart, tell him to show up at these shows. I tag him in my post so he knows that it exists. He's always got a free... Any Hart, uh, any member of the Hart family is on my list to come to these shows. How about that? That's the true, the, the absolute truth. If you are a Hart, and not if your name is H-E-A-R-T, I don't want you. But if you are a true Hart, you are invited to the Blackfoot hotel to the laugh shop in calgary to come see my shows the week after that i'll be in victoria bc uh if you're a heart you can come to that show too uh, <laughs> folks thank you uh for joining us today uh tyler thank you for joining us on the show uh, thank you for having me not a problem and most of all fans uh thank you for letting us uh, put a headlock in your ears for another wrestling episode of talking wrestling that makes sense that they are wrestling episodes maybe next one we'll just do an episode on talk i will wrestle while we talk i don't know but with that said thank you for joining us and we'll talk at you next week's next week thank you very kindly have a great day and goodbye Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.